You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Co-op Podcast, episode 214. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, thanks. I'm doing well today. How are you, Rich? Doing pretty good on this fine Sunday afternoon. Just taking it easy. <laughs> good, yes. Good. Absolutely. We're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I've been doing good. I've had a weird week and a lot of fun stuff to talk about soon, so this should be interesting. Absolutely. Definitely a lot to talk about. Uh, we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Hello, everyone. Everything is doing okay. This is good to hear. And we are joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? Hey, man, it's going pretty good. Happy to be back as always. Absolutely. So uh, there was a few things that did happen this week. As most of you know, it is the summertime. So it, the news is, is a little bit light, but there was a couple things that did happen that we will get into. But of course, before we do any of that, we're going to talk about what we have been playing. So Max, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? All right. So this week has been Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. Epic Games, a uh, new sort of project. And... I have a lot to say on it, but I won't talk your guys' ear off too much. Um, it's a game that I've really been enjoying, but there are some serious issues, such as the fact that it's probably going to be a pay-to-win game later on, and that it sort of has a mobile game-like progression system, as fun as the combat is. Like, for example, you do different missions to try and build up your squad and your hero level and like your home base and stuff so that you can be stronger and obviously go into stronger missions. But the way that some of the missions work is that the game limits you until you do a certain amount of specified quests. And a lot of those quests are something kind of dumb, like do this same mission three times at a certain level or do these specific rotation of missions over and over again to try and get these collectibles. And it's something that wasn't that prevalent early on early on they were throwing a lot of content at you and it felt like the game was just going to keep going like that almost linear linear yeah linear progression but now it's turning into just doing the same thing over and over again and don't get me wrong it's fun i'm enjoying doing these missions because the combat is so fun the base building is really really cool and not as fleshed out as i'd like it to be just yet but i'm sure it will be later on because the game is still in early access but i'm worried that later on I won't be able to get very far in the game without doing a whole bunch of grinding because you have to do a lot of resource management and ammo management because everything that you have carries over between these missions. There's no like you get a certain amount per mission and you get this refilled at a certain time. Everything you have is something that you have to grind and work for. And if you're not keeping that in mind, you can get really screwed over and then later on you're going to have to pay microtransactions in order to keep up with the game, which is pretty shitty in my opinion from what i've heard the game 
kind of overhauls like 30 hours in once you get into the second world and I'm about 15 to 20. So I still have a bit to go to see that, but I'm worried that people who play the game will get burnt out by then. Cause the reason I'm still playing it is because I've heard that if I didn't hear that, I would have stopped a long time ago. Cause I'm trying not to look too much into the future. Cause I want to have my own impressions on the game, but that's really worrisome to me, especially cause the idea of the game is really cool. Like you, each mission involves you building up a base around something you have to protect and fending it off against a horde. But the thing is, like, ammo management and resource management, they're so important that I'll find myself not building up a fort sometimes, not contributing as much as I should, or just using melee weapons the whole time because ammo can be really expensive to craft and upkeep. And that's really frustrating, in my opinion, because the gunplay is really fun. It's really fun shooting down a bunch of horde, but there are literally modes where I won't fire a gun because I know that it, like, that it can be kind of a bitch to keep my ammo up. So that kind of takes away from the game a little bit. I don't exactly get to play it the way I want to. I'm more limited by the fact that there's these microtransactions in place, and it kind of feels like they're forcing you to go that route, especially later on when I'm sure the horde is going to be much more difficult, so I'm going to have to be using these resources more. Because right now, I can rely on other players because I play with a group, so we kind of talk about who's going to do a lot of the spending this round and stuff like that, so we kind of balance it out. But I feel like later on, we won't be able to do that. Uh, it's something. It's a lot of speculation right now, and again, I hope it changes later on. I've heard there's huge overhauls, so I have to see what that is before saying anything on it myself. But it's interesting. I can't say that I recommend it just yet, unless you want to invest. Unless you want to invest like 80 hours into this type of game, because that's the type. It's the type of game you need to invest a lot of time in to get to get a lot out of. So again, it's in early access right now. It's in a closed beta. And it's going to be that way for like a year and then it's going to release as free to play. So that's also why it's kind of hard for me to recommend buying right now because it's going to be free to play in a year anyways with a bunch more stuff. But I am enjoying it. It's I think the biggest reason I'm enjoying it though is because I have a bunch of friends to play it with. I feel like playing it solo would not be very fun, but it's really interesting so far. The game's been generating a lot of buzz, so I've been trying to get as much time into it as I can. But that's it for this week is Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. So that that sounds great. And let me just say right now, I'm glad that you discussed that game because I actually just downloaded that game on PSN. I had tried it at E3, you know, so I did think it was pretty fun. But to know about some of the limitations of the game now is uh, thank you for saving me a lot of time. (laughs) Hey, of uh, course, man. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, you know, I figured I was trying to figure out what is the what's the catch with this because I, yeah, it is free, like you said, free to play, and it's going to be in development. It's still ongoing and won't be out for real until 2018 so that's uh i'm very glad that you spoke about it obviously everybody here doesn't want i guess everybody here doesn't necessarily want to hear about the game but we're definitely going to talk about this more after oh definitely it's worth talking about it's really cool don't get me wrong there's just a lot of those small things that kind of add up yes absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. so uh but hey interesting very very interesting so uh Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Yeah, so um, same two games. Um, Of course, I've been playing Overwatch, and this week they finally released Doomfist in the game. Um, I haven't had the chance to play with him much. I did do some training with him um, on my own. But the thing is, when a character releases in Overwatch, like things are a bit hectic for, for a whole week. Like, everybody... Um, you know, when, whenever you get into a match, people just select Doomfist right away before you have the chance to select him. So, yeah, like, I probably won't get to actually use him in a real match for a while. 
um, because of that. Unless I play something like Mystery Heroes or if I play a custom arcade match where it's only Doomfist um, in the match. But um, yeah, I don't really like playing those. Well, I like Mystery Heroes, but I don't play those custom matches much. Um, so yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like to use him in a natural match. But he seems like a cool addition to the game. Um, I do like his abilities and stuff. And he can actually counter quite a lot of characters that can be annoying in the game. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the dynamics change um, as people get more familiar with Doomfist and how to use him. Um, so yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on, on Overwatch in the coming weeks to see um, how he's used, especially in comp, because they haven't actually activated him for comp mode yet. Um, so when they actually do put him in comp, it'll be interesting to see how um, how comp changes, you know, because comp has really strict unwritten rules on like who you should use in, you know, which map and which scenario and stuff like that. So I want to see how, um, if he fits into the current meta in competitive mode. Um, but yeah, besides that, I've been playing Persona 5, of course, and um, I'm about to beat the, the third main dungeon in that game. Um, and things are getting even more interesting. Like, I, I didn't think this game could maintain that same level of entertainment and interest, you know, like, and I'm almost 50 hours in now. But it's, you know, it's still as interesting as when I first started playing. And it's still, you know, keeping me interested in what's happening. And I only recently just figured out there's romances in the game as well. Like, I didn't even know there was, like, a romance system where you can kind of, like, choose who you want to romance and stuff like that. So that's interesting, too, because, you know, I'm, as I'm progressing, I'm developing these friendships, relationships. So now it's like, wow, I really got to choose someone to have a romance with. Like, and they're, they're, like there's a lot of great characters in the game. So it is actually a, a, a tough choice. Um, but yeah really loving that game still um i still recommend it to everyone who's into role-playing games um phenomenal game and definitely um my game of the year so far but uh we'll see if that changes as the year goes on that's pretty hey, much it that sounds awesome uh i don't i you know I don't know if it's going to change. That's a very good question. Because, I mean, there's a couple more games coming out. Well, there's a lot of games coming out over the next couple months. But uh, everyone I have, have spoken to have said that there's something very special about Persona 5. So I'm looking forward to when we have that discussion at the end of the year about the games that we think are the standout titles of this year. Because uh, I believe that is going to be mentioned multiple times. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you let us know what you've been playing? So, yeah, I've been pretty busy throughout the entire week doing a variety of stuff. Uh, the biggest one that I've been doing, and mainly because I've been writing the IGN guide for it, is Pyre, Supergiants Games Pyre. I reviewed it for us on thecoalition.com. If you guys want to check out my full review on it, you can see the written review now on the website. And again, I've gotten into a lot more detail about it. Uh, TLDR version of it, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's a great game. I don't like it as much as Bastion. I know a lot of people have been saying a lot of great things about Pyre, and deservedly so. But uh, as far as it being their best work, I still believe that Bastion is the better game. And I haven't really played Transistor like that in depth as I have these other two. But eventually, at some point, I'm going to play that as well and actually be able to really kind of come up and see 
where I actually stand with Supergiant Games. But so far, great game. Definitely check out the review. It gets into a lot more detail than I did just now. Besides that, I actually got a chance to play with a new character in Street Fighter V, Abigail, who is the character that's originally from the Final Fight series. And they added him as a bonus character as part of the, the character pass and the DLC for Street Fighter V. He's a very large character. He's another grappler or like a tank type of character. And he's so large, he takes up a good chunk of the screen. If you've ever played any of the Versus series like Tatsunoko versus Capcom, Mar versus Capcom, or any of the other Versus series style games, you'll know that Capcom has this tendency to sometimes have these overly large or overly, you know, huge grappler-like, if not tank-like type of characters. And Abigail is like one of those. But I never really kind of really resonated with Abigail's style. I know and understand a lot of his stuff is based on what he does in Final Fight or as far as the series. Um, I haven't really had a lot of extended playtime with him, but so far from what I've experienced, having gone through the story and having gone online with him a few times, not really a character that I really resonate with. I don't really foresee myself going into ranked matches and really playing with him extensively like that. There's some people that I've seen on social media that have been posting up videos that he could do ridiculous amounts of damage just with one charged up move. I've seen uh, a couple of his moves that one of which the grapples that he does, if you V trigger and you go into like his powered up state, he does a crazy amount of damage if he lands it so that's pretty insane i'm really curious to see if they maybe release a patch and some type of update to maybe minimize that or maybe change up some of the mechanics or some of the other properties with him who knows at this point but if you haven't already and you got the season pass for the character pass for street fighter 5 check it out and let us know what you think in the comment section below Finally, the other game that I actually spent a lot of time with that I finally finished for the very first time was life is strange now where I do I stand with Life is Strange? Again, I haven't reviewed it, and the game's been out for a while. And one of the big reasons why I wanted to complete it is because we have Life is Strange Before the Storm coming out very soon. And I wanted to kind of, you know, get up to date with everything like that. So Life is Strange, I, I have to say that I believe it's a game that everybody should play. Uh, not only just because it's an episodic game and it's not as long as most other games out there, but also I feel like no matter where you stand on a lot of the controversy and the news and the, the opinions on social media all over the place surrounding the game i still feel like this is a game at least you should play through from episode one through episode five because i it's a much more different approach to game design it's a different approach to narrative storytelling in video games and i think that's great to experience that Dude, I enjoy my experience overall going through all five episodes uh for the most part yeah i didn't like the way that things kind of went to a climax and kind of concluded by the time episode four and episode five came around. I, I really didn't like how the ending kind of like, you know, progressed and things, you know, came to a conclusion there. But I still think that I enjoyed overall my total experience. I, I don't know if necessarily I'd be crazy about Life is Strange. I'm definitely going to check out uh, Before the Storm. I think that it, it, that's going to be a big enough game uh, and it's going to hopefully add some more stuff in context to a lot of the things that were happening with the the, the story because again i don't want to spoil a lot of it because there's a lot of big twists and turns with life and strange especially towards episode two and episode three but i really encourage everybody to play it when they get a chance i know it was free on playstation plus for a while i believe it was last month or the month before so if you missed out on that uh i definitely recommend that you still buy it you still get the full season uh but if you already downloaded it and you still haven't uh, dived into it at this point definitely play life is strange I, I really believe it's one of those games that everybody should at least play no matter where you fall with it but that's what I've been up to so far this entire week. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I also need to get back in. Well, I need to get into Life is Strange also because that's another game that I know when it came out, everybody was talking about that game. So I have to catch up also. Maybe that will happen, but uh, we'll see because August is going to be a very busy month 
but uh, we'll see. Um, Dana, what have you been playing? I have, okay, let me tell you what my, my intentions were and then what ended up happening. <laughs> my intentions were prior. I was going to play that game. It, I read the reviews. Everything was wonderful. I played literally a good 30 minutes and I loved it. And then family came over and you have the little ones. So I've been stuck with Platoon 2. And the, the, the unfortunate part is that I actually like Splatoon 2 now. It's very fun, you know, and it's one of those great games with the kids, but I'm not, my, my goal was originally for prior, but I'm liking Splatoon 2. It's a good little game, especially if you're frustrated. You just run around and bottles and things with paint. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And, and, well, I, I know a lot of people have said some positive things about Splatoon 2. Yeah, it's a good um, game, but I just really wanted to get back to Pryor, which I found to be just visually just very stunning and beautiful. Yeah, that was the first thing that I that I saw. That you know, that, that 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 was the first thing that I saw when I uh, looked into Pyre. Yeah, it does look fantastic. So, um, man, I, I, I it's, it's it's very hard, you know, being you know much older. I mean, I'm not really that much older, but it's trying to be, to juggle so many things, you know, you have to take care of so many responsibilities and then finding the time to play certain games. So, and August is going to be very rough. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I definitely need to try out that game also. And I don't know when that's going to happen. But as for what I played uh, this week, I actually went back in time and decided to play Shadow of more, uh, you know, Mordor. Uh, I kept thinking about saying Shadow of War, but that's not out yet. I went back to play that because I'm trying to get ready for war. Uh, you know, I think I spoke about on this show before that I played uh, Shadow of War at E3. And uh, the game is fantastic. I mean, there's a lot to really learn how to get back into the combat because I got my ass whooped when I decided to play that game at E3. Very, very, you know, it's a lot to do in the game, but I went back to play Mordor just to get familiar with the story, to get caught up and try to complete that ahead of war. So still a fun game. Um, I think I'm about halfway complete. I'm not really sure yet because the story progression says maybe close to 30 percent. But uh, I still have so many things to do, so many tasks to complete, missions to finish. But still a great game uh, and uh, definitely looking forward to war. And um, as I've already said, you know, August, there's a ton of games coming out in August. I actually have an article going up tomorrow that'll let all of you know uh, pretty much a lot of the games that are coming out in August. But if you know, if you have looked at the schedule, you know how busy it's going to be. So not really quite sure how many of those games I'm going to play yet. I'm pretty sure we are going to be talking about some of those games in the next couple of weeks because I know Batman will be out on August 8th. Some of us will definitely be playing that. But, uh, you know, Ages of Mayhem... Uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, you know, Mario, Rabbits, the list goes on. There's a lot of stuff coming out in August, so definitely look forward to hearing us talk about those games because some of us will get a chance to play some of that stuff. But um, that pretty much concludes what we have been playing for this week. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into the topics. And uh, the first topic that I wanted to address, I'm actually going to give the floor to Mr. Lugo because there is a bit of a controversy going on with this uh, gamer gotlet cruise. So, Mr. Lugo, feel free to enlighten us as to what exactly the situation is and why it is such a big deal at the moment. 
Yeah, sure. So before I even get into the details of everything, I should say that we have an exclusive. We have it on the website right now. I actually did a one-on-one interview, which is about 40, 45 minutes with the CEO of Gamer Tech Events, which is the one that actually planned out the Gamer Gauntlet Cruise. Now, you don't know what the Gamer Gauntlet Cruise, I'm pretty sure a lot of you listening to this right now have no idea what I'm talking about. And the reason being mainly is because not a lot of people were talking about this. This has been a thing since back in March of and April of this year. So TLDR, the main thing about the Gamer Gauntlet Cruise was that it was going to be a cruise ship. It was going to be one of the Royal Caribbean cruise ships. And I believe it was called the Majesty at Sea is the name of the boat. I could be wrong on that specifically. But it was going to be one of the Royal Caribbean charters where they were going to go out to sea and kind of, you know, go to different islands near the Bahamas or the Caribbean. And it was going to be a gaming-themed cruise where there was going to be a lot of events going on centered around a central theme of video games. There was going to be esports tournaments. There was going to be charity events. There was going to be a lot of celebrities involved, or at least celebrities and personalities related to the gaming industry, including people like uh, people that we know that are from various different websites that have been popular on YouTube, different types of commentators, different types of esports players and competitors for a lot of different various competitions. This was going to be a big deal, apparently. But... Funny enough and ironically enough, it wasn't as big of a deal as it should have been because not many people really talked about it for a number of different reasons. And which is why we find ourselves here now with the controversy that's happened. So to kind of sum up everything in a nutshell, there's a lot of different stuff and a lot of different facets to this. And I really encourage you guys to check out the interview exclusive that I have on the website right now, hopefully after this co-op podcast, after you guys listen to the show. But really what happened was, is that someone that was involved with the actual gamer gauntlet cruise which was working with gamer tech events which working with a guy named curtis smith who's the head of that he um he had a person that was working for a company called money matches which is another company that has online gambling based on esports tournaments and a lot of different uh, competitions involving video games but they have online gambling and there's a whole nother conversation you could have about that but that's besides the point Basically, this guy that was working for that company uh, had looked into some of the stuff going on with the Gamer Gauntlet Cruise, and some things were not matching up, including speaking with Royal Caribbean themselves, you know, to find out what the deal was. Because again, not a lot of info was really out there, and you haven't really seen a lot of stuff about it. And upon further investigation with that, he actually had a Periscope call with the dude, Curtis Smith, and it kind of blew him up on social media. Blew him up in the sense where he exposed, and let me put that emphasis on that word, exposed really hard a lot of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes and a lot of accusations were thrown including uh not only did a lot of sponsors pull out or these sponsors weren't really all in as much as what was being projected out there uh that some people again were buying tickets and royal caribbean was kind of upset about that because a lot of the paperwork and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff weren't really finalized according to him and according to the Periscope video, Royal Caribbean never really fully committed to a lot of the stuff that was going on. They never really got the paperwork finalized for the ship, the charter itself. And there were no advertisements or no talk about this from Royal Caribbean themselves. If you went to the Royal Caribbean website and actually looked up the dates for the Gamer Gauntlet Cruise, nowhere on their website was it actually mentioned. And there was a couple things that we talked about in our exclusive interview where he said that when you get a charter like that, it's not necessarily Royal Caribbean that's selling that. So they don't really put that on the website. But again, I I posed the question during the interview and I posed the question to everybody in the chat now, you know, as a little bit of some common sense thinking and rationale. If this was such a big deal and it was the first gaming themed cruise that had a lot of money thrown into it, had a lot of celebrities that were getting behind it, especially gaming personalities that were celebrities online uh, and a lot of other events that were associated with it, why wouldn't Royal Caribbean want to be associated with it whatsoever? 
I mean, when you got a, a lot of money, like almost like a million plus dollars being thrown into such a big event, obviously I'm pretty sure that Royal Caribbean would like to have their name attached to it, especially if it's going to get a lot of attention online, etc. But that's besides the point. So this video, this it was two Periscope videos. It was one of the call between Curtis Smith and Zach, who is the head of Money Matches, the, the company there, blew it up. Okay, and actually got passed around on social media and people kind of freaked out and people kind of, you know, started looking into this a little bit more and started to get cold feet. Uh, this ended up being, or at least the consequences of that, a lot of people, of which we know, a couple of personalities and, and, and media people that we know personally, uh, actually started pulling out because they were scheduled or at least listed on their website to actually attend it and actually attach their name to it, uh, whether it was to go cover the actual cruise itself and actually be out there with everybody for the seven days or so, or to kind of, you know, do events and host events while they were there or just show up and have an appearance and actually be part of the festivities that was going on and such. So... Besides all that, after the videos came out and after people started pulling out and things started getting passed around, there was a lot of different stuff that happened. I know that the Twitter account got hacked for Gamertech events, which is Curtis Smith's uh, actual Twitter, and a lot of stuff got blown out there. A lot of stuff got doxxed. A lot of things were happening all at the same time, up until the point eventually when me and Curtis yesterday, when the interview went up, when we finally talked and we talked about everything. Uh, a lot of the questions that I posed out there uh, in the interview, again, if you guys listen to it, was like, okay, besides the website that you had, you know, it was kind of, they, they, he tried to kind of, you know, pull the website down or at least put a splash page so nobody could see the info on there. But if you did just a Google search to Gamer Gauntlet Cruise, you could see all the pages on there and get past the splash page and see all the information for all the people that were associated with it, all the sponsors, all the events that were supposed to be there, the pricing of the actual tickets to be on there, which by the way, to give you guys some context for this, it was about 600 to $650 per person to go to the, to this actual event, to get an actual cabin per person to be part of it. And it goes up from there. Cause there was other offers there. When I looked at that, I compared it to what was going on with Royal Caribbean and actually seeing those same dates in that same boat, which funny enough, it was literally almost the exact same thing. You know, not, I don't know if necessarily copy and paste from the website, but it was there between the same dates and the same boat and all these other things that were very similar. The prices were like half the price. They were half of it. It was like, as opposed to paying 600 to $650, uh, through the Eventbrite or the Gamer Gauntlet Cruise website, you go to Royal Caribbean, it was like 250 to about $300. Now, some of the things that were thrown there during the interview, or at least Curtis had said that, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't added to there, including the tax stuff and the other, other things that you kind of get added to it whenever you go to plan a cruise. And that's neither here nor there. The main thing was is that a lot of people feel betrayed and felt a little bit, uh, a little bit upset about all this info that was coming out, including Money Match backing out, sponsors like Red Bull were backing out. Um, a couple other celebrities besides the people that I saw on Twitter were also backing out, and there was possibly more coming along the lines, you know, ever since I posted up the interview yesterday, or at least when info was getting put out there. And it hasn't really been covered, or at least this news hasn't really been covered by a lot of different websites because it's so fresh. There was a few other places that I saw were talking about it, but really didn't get into depth with it and didn't get as uh, was it detailed as an interview or an exclusive like what we did on our website. So again, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. I would love to get your guys' impressions of it, you know, here on the panel. But let me know in the comment section, again, what you guys think about all that, or at least if you're in the chat now, let us know what's up and how you guys feel about all this news. And again, I encourage you guys to check out the full interview. It's like about 40 to 45 minutes. It, it covers a lot of different things. If you guys out there are probably listening to this now during the live show or afterwards, if you were planning on going to this, because I know there was a lot of people, some of my own personal friends that were thinking of going that paid money for this, uh, let us know about it. But I'll kick it back to you, Rich. You know, let me know. What, what, what do you think about all this now that you're hearing it? 
Well, I think there's definitely a lot of information involved with all of this. Uh, I, I do, you know, I don't like to ever hear about a uh, any type of scam stuff that happens where people have already exchanged money or if, you know, I, I think that's very, very unfortunate for something like that to happen. Um, I also think, though, that, you know, I think some people possibly knew they were skeptical about this when they heard that they, that there was issues with the actual cruise line, the cruise line wasn't acknowledging some stuff. Um, so I, I think it's a lot, definitely a lot involved in the whole process. Um, I think it was good that you were able to have that, that interview and get some more insight. Um, but it, I just think it's it's a crazy situation. A lot of drama involved, a lot of details, all this other stuff going on. It, it is unfortunate to hear though that they did try to get over on people with. For those that actually already had invested their hard-earned money into it, I think that's the worst thing about the whole story. Um, I think the also I want to add into there that a lot of companies that were attached to this, when I looked on their website, that again you couldn't access it unless you did a Google search because when you just type in the URL, it puts you to a splash page with no links. But when you yeah. Google it, you could see everything on there. You could just go directly to it. But like they had a lot of sponsors there that I never saw really talk about it and according to, to Curtis he says that they did put out like you know Twitter post or anything like that but I didn't see any like you know big posts on like their websites or people actively going out and talking about it and trying to spread word because this seems like a big deal I mean you had companies like I mentioned Red Bull like games for the games cases Vertigear that does the chairs there was a bunch of other I want to say in total over about seven to eight maybe ten different companies that were listed on there that again you would look, at least when you look into them, they, they, they seem like a very big deal, you know, as far as being in the gaming space, whether it was products or anything that they had involved with. And just, there was nothing else really I could see about people really trying to put it, put it out there. At least, you know, something where people could really get excited about. Because that only just shows me like a lot of stuff was just very uncertain for a long period of time. But also, they wanted to wait and see if things were legit enough. And I think that for a lot of them out there, based on how things have turned out and based on how information has come out, I think a lot of them are really thankful they probably did that. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear more info at some point about more people pulling out from this. Because according to Curtis, he still wants to do it. And the company still wants to do this cruise. They Even if they don't go to Royal Caribbean for the charter. But I, I asked him and I, and I wanted to pose the question out there. Is it going to make this a lot more difficult to actually make this happen now that this has come out or all this information has been put out there and people are starting to doubt all of this? You know, is this going to impact you know, a future event of something like this actually being successful, or at least, you know, whether it's involved with them or anybody else for the matter. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's very important to be transparent, uh, you know, about all this stuff, especially if they're trying to still do it. And of course, what you said about the companies involved, I, you know, I, I receive a lot of emails regularly from Red Bull Gaming because I know they have like a lot of tournaments and stuff that they always keep me up to date on. So I know I never heard about, any of this, these other ventures they were doing with this particular uh, thing going on with the cruises. So I, it's very important. And apparently this was going to happen soon. This was apparently going to happen in October because I oh. think their original date was September at one point. And I think uh, uh, at some point, he, I think he told me or I saw online, they got pushed back a little bit because of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. But their dates were October. Like they were fairly soon. That's that 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 then that, that that definitely is is this it's not a good situation because you gotta give people well it, like I said I've been on a cruise before you need to plan this stuff well in advance this stuff is not cheap and, and for the record for the record just this just I just saw this in the chat now I'm sorry to interrupt but Kotaku just posted up an, an, uh, uh, an article about it just now so hopefully 
when they hear about it, you know, we get a little bit of credit and we find out what's up. Oh, well, hey, you know, hey, if, if they decide to give us credit, that'll be awesome. But, uh, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see. I just think, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy situation. It's a lot of things to really digest with the whole topic. But uh, I wanted to ask if you guys had any thoughts on this as well. Um, whoever wants to go first, uh, whether it's Max, Gary, or, or, or Dana. I don't have too much to say about it, but it is, you know, unfortunate for people who legit wanted to to go on the cruise. Um, and yeah, I definitely don't like hearing about, you know, scams like this that take place. It seems like these have been happening quite a lot lately. Um, the the Jar Rule Fire Festival comes to mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I just hope people get their money back in the end. That's all. Yeah. I agree with that. Max, you, you have any thoughts? I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat as uh, Gary. This is a uh, this is pretty ridiculous to hear. I had not heard about any of this, so I'm still kind of processing everything that's going on. Um, I definitely have to go listen to the interview after this because, um, yeah, this is something that I want to learn more about because this is kind of unreal to hear about. Absolutely, uh, Dana. You have any thoughts? <laughs> very unfortunate situation but for anybody no matter what you really have to learn how to research and make sure that something is actually legit and if you just see something that's suspicious then most likely it's suspicious because they had guests on there that really didn't have anything to do with the gaming community and if you was to go and look at their their twitter account or any type of social media media handle and they're not promoting it then you know something is wrong so you know you know something no i'm sorry No, that was it. No, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say that you know, bouncing off of that, I don't think it's suspicious that when you get celebrities that don't necessarily have anything to do with that said community to kind of like promote stuff, because then what they do is they bring in a whole another audience. What I found suspicious, and I think a lot of people found suspicious, is that nobody was talking about it. There was all these big names that were connected to it, listed on their website, like if it was confirmed, like it's locked in, and nobody saying anything about it. Because when you get a bunch of celebrities, and not just off off the side of the, like celebrities, you know, related to like movie and film and Hollywood and stuff, but when you got actual people that have uh, followings and notoriety within the gaming community that are associated with all these different things, and they're not even talking about it, that's when I think that raises a red flag. Yes, but also when you have these very kind of lower D list celebrities, um that's on the list and you don't see any type of promotion that's a little suspicious also so just overall yeah. like just pay attention to everything and just google if something's not popping up because i know the whole royal caribbean it was associated with if you don't find it on their website and it's supposed to be you know with them that's true yeah so, uh, 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 you know, pay, pay attention and, and also, you know, if for those that are actually wanting to do serious ventures like this, you have to be very transparent with everything um, if, if if that's the case. Now, I don't really know what's going to happen. You know, they try to still do this in the future, whether or not they will be successful in that, because now this will raise flags. The fact that the news is getting out there and other sites are starting to report on this. I don't know if uh, this is necessarily going to be positive for them, but... Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, um, yeah. 
Are there any other final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? I'm good. Okay, no, so I said enough. All right, cool, cool. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. Um, we're going to switch this up a bit. Uh, Gary, uh, I believe that there was some news that came out recently that the PlayStation Plus subscription rates are going up in Australia and Europe. And I wanted yeah. you to, to get to shed more light on this, but, uh, but also to tell us a story because this recently happened to you where your subscription got uh, auto-renewed. So feel free to give us some insight on this. Yeah, so um, as for the price increase, there wasn't any real reason given for this. But, um, you know, everyone who has PlayStation Plus in Europe, you know, the UK and all parts of Europe and Australia, they were sent an email directly from Sony to notify them of the price increase and, you know, how much it would be in their currency, basically. Um, and i mean the price recently increased in america as well i believe like earlier this year so i guess it's falling in line with uh with that and it might be for the same reasons as that increase um but yeah as for my story about playstation plus and the auto renewal um yeah i was quite upset because you know earlier this year um like my my thing was due to expire you know um i forget when it was i think it was around like april or something like that um and i deliberately chose not to renew um because you know i i just i wasn't playing you know online much and i wasn't downloading any of the playstation plus games so for me personally i felt like it wasn't worth it anymore um but you know in my mind i'd you know, I, I remembered that I selected um, don't auto renew on on the uh, the PlayStation Plus options, like on the actual console. I'd set it so that it wouldn't auto renew, um, you know, sometime last year. But when it came around to my renewal, I was notified by email that I'd uh, they'd taken money from my account and that they'd renewed it. And in the email, it said, if you want to turn off auto renew you have to log into the sony entertainment website and turn off auto uh, renew subscriptions so that got me kind of pissed off because like i assume that you know once you um once you cancel the auto renew on the console it would stay that way but like apparently i don't know something they must have changed how it works or something like that um maybe purposely maybe not and then you know it took it assumed that i wanted to auto renew and then it took my money you know and renewed the service so yeah i was a little pissed off about that but then at the same time i was thinking um well might as well just keep it you know i'm not going to go through the hassle of complaining or trying to get a refund or anything like that because you know i know that there probably are games coming out in the future that i might want to play online so you know i'll just have it for the next year or so and then you know if i don't play my ps4 much then you know i'll definitely make sure i'll double check that it's not gonna auto renew next year but yeah at the time that did annoy me because you know um obviously i'd already decided that i I didn't want to renew but then it just happened anyway so yeah people you should watch out for that as well you know just in case so 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 so, so, so now you, you pretty much are confirming on today's show that you will be picking up Destiny Two on PlayStation Four now instead of PC because 
how else you know yeah you 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 already paid for your subscription so you're, you're confirming that now right i mean i'm still debating on that like i i want to get it for pc and like i have two people that i want to play with on pc but then there's also people on playstation that are going to be playing it like jj and um i'm not sure what platform you're getting it on rich and i'm not sure what uh, console max will have by that time but um yeah and dana i don't know do you play destiny uh-oh yes i do <laughs> are you getting are you getting destiny too no no oh okay. yeah well yeah yeah, Dana told me told me last night on our WrestleCast show she's getting that WWE 2K18 game, so she won't have time for Destiny. Uh, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm considering getting Destiny on on PS4 because there are a lot of people I'd like to play with, especially people that I played the first Destiny with. It would be cool to to hop back in and play with them again. But um, we'll see. I'll make a decision closer to the time. Absolutely. So I, I I know that you, when you wanted to have this discussion, you you asked the question: Is PlayStation Plus still worth the price? So um, I, you know, I I think we have answered this question in the past, but I guess we, we need to give an update to think, you know, because I I'm pretty sure some people here may have a different opinion if they don't already. So. Uh, well, first and foremost, how many of us here actually have PlayStation Plus? I know I have PlayStation oh, Plus. I didn't. Definitely. Do do? I renewed mine not too long ago. I want to say about maybe a couple of weeks ago I renewed mine. Okay, so you would definitely say it's worth the price then, correct? Of course. For me, yeah, because one, obviously, I, I like the service, especially with the with the games each month. I feel like the last couple of months, they've actually had some good selection for games. And even next month, it seems like it's going to be good. There have been a few instances where... The selection has been mildly better, you know, going for for the year. And I think that if you're going to be playing games like Destiny, or if you're going to be playing any sort of game that has a big component, big online component to its experience, you're going to want to get that uh, regardless. And I feel like everybody that owns a console now is probably going to get uh, PlayStation Plus regardless, though, on top of that, whether it's for... The online uh, capabilities for each of the games, which have become such a big part of them as of late, especially with all the new releases, but also even just for the idea that you're getting even more games throughout the year. I don't think that you're really going to find a lot of people that have PlayStation 4 without Plus or have uh, PlayStation uh, 4 and just have hasn't even really put a, much of an emphasis on getting Plus for the games that they give to you every single month. Like, I think that type of argument and those types of debates that we used to have like back in the day when the services were fairly new, I think are long since passe. Yeah, so I agree. Um, I, you know, I, I'll just say my my quick piece. Yeah, I I still think the service is, is worth it, depending on you know. Obviously, I, I I more than likely will get Destiny two on PlayStation. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, the Call of Duty game, I will probably get that on PlayStation because I know a lot of people have already told me they're getting it on PlayStation also. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you're someone who is likes the online, you know. And you like some of the PlayStation Plus games like Until Dawn, that, that's a great game. You know, for those that never got a chance to play it, they are able to play it now, download it right now today. So, I mean, I feel like there is some good good offerings on there from time to time. But, yeah, I would say the service is worth it for me so far. You know, I've, I've got a, a lot of use out of it. 
So I definitely would agree with that. Uh, Dana, do you have a uh, PlayStation Plus also? I do not. Uh oh. So would you consider getting it for uh, you know any of the upcoming games that are about to oh, come yeah. out? Oh, absolutely. The thing is, is that I'm one of those people who just likes to wait and see whether or not it's worth it. Hmm. So, yeah. No, I have no problem with getting it. Okay, okay. And uh, we know Max hasn't gotten his PlayStation 4 yet. But are you going to get PlayStation Plus when you actually get your system, Max? I had very little intention of getting it because all the PlayStation 4 exclusives I want to play are single-player centric like Horizon and Persona and Nier and Neo and all that. So, no, not really. Maybe one day down the line, but no, I don't think I'm going to be getting it for a while, if ever. Makes perfect sense. Yes, yeah, so you. They, yeah, there's a plenty of games to play now. Um, that uh, <laughs> there's no shortage of games, especially if you just pick up the console at this moment in time. So that makes perfect sense. But uh, yeah, I mean. If there's any other thoughts on this topic, uh, if there's not any other thoughts, we can move on. But I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to say. So, Gary, don't worry. We'll make sure that you use your uh, subscription now that you've already paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, since they jacked my money, I'm going to have to figure out some way to get, you know, to get my money's worth out of the system. So maybe that. <laughs> Maybe Destiny is the answer, or you know, maybe I'll uh, get WWE so me and Dana can play some laggy matches on there. But we'll see. <laughs> Let's get some crossplay for Destiny. Everyone making fun of the 2K. All right, I still have hope. <laughs> yeah, well, I have hope in the NBA 2K18. I don't know about uh, WWE, but that's a whole another story for another another podcast. It'll be worth it. In like two, in like for two days, it'll be worth it. Eh, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And okay. I already know you're looking forward to that Kurt Angle one. So, uh, Kurt Angle well, and, and John. Well, hey, listen, I, I don't care about the John Cena collection, as I said on the show last night. But uh, hey, some people will care about it. This is good for them. But $150, I'll be buying plenty of other games instead of spending all my money on that trash. But uh, that's just oh, my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay, uh, so let's move on to the next topic. There was some news that came out this week. I know that this news was not intentional when it got released, but, you know, a lot of people do research. So apparently there is an actor that uh, it was listed, I believe, on his LinkedIn account. Um, Well, maybe it was IMBD, but it was listed that he recently did motion capture work for Red Dead Redemption 2. That's fine. We already know that's coming out next year. But it was also listed that he is also doing motion capture work for Grand Theft Auto 6, which I'm pretty sure we all know is coming, is going to be in development. I don't think it's coming anytime soon. But uh, Gary posed the question of when do we think that this game is actually coming out? Um, but one thing I'll say right off the bat before I have you all chime in, as I said, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2, you know, this is a game that was supposed to come out fall of this year and it got delayed until spring 2018. I don't know necessarily think it's going to be be out in spring of next year. It may get pushed out a little further. I mean, I don't really know quite yet because we haven't really seen anything else from that. But one thing I will say is Grand Theft Auto uh, 6. I mean, this this game is not coming out anytime soon. We know Rockstar 
they are going to take as much time necessary to work on this stuff before they actually put it out there. So I would say this is definitely something you'll see when PlayStation 5 comes out, perhaps around that time frame or in the middle of that particular cycle. But it's nowhere, in my opinion, nowhere coming out no no time soon at all. Um, but that is my opinion. So, Gary, what do you think about this particular topic? What do you When do you think that this game is actually coming out? Um, well, yeah, like you said, Red Dead Redemption is coming out 2018. So, you know, um, Rockstar, you know, they, uh, they like to space out their games a lot. And currently, you know, they're still working heavily on GTA 5 online. And of course, they have Red Dead Redemption 2, and that's probably going to have an online component as well. Um, so they're going to be supporting these games for a long time. So I feel like we may not get GTA 6 for, you know, uh, quite a few years. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, um, around the time Death Stranding comes out in 2020, maybe we'll start to see rumblings of, uh, you know, GTA 6 coming out, you know. Um, but I, I wouldn't expect anything, you know, anytime soon um, for that. But I do hope that the, the game doesn't come out again towards like an end of a generation because, or maybe that might be their strategy because we all know what happened with GTA 5. Like, you know, it came out on um, PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, sold millions. And then, you know, then they released it on um, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and they did it all over again. And it's still selling now. So, you know, um, if they do it at the end of a generation or like before a new set of consoles is coming out, then, you know, you already know what's going to happen there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a few years, man. I say at least like you know four, four years or something like that. Yeah, let's let's yep. say go let's say four 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 or five, just five five. You know, tackle a little bit of extra, but uh, yeah, go, go go ahead, Max. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is I wonder if that's kind of their plan is to release it towards the end of each generation and just be able to keep the sales going. Because the thing is, the game's going to sell incredible either way, but they're. I don't want to say they're essentially doubling it because they're not doubling the sales, but they're increasing these sales exponentially, and it's it's ridiculous. And then with the way Rockstar goes, they tend to release on PC later, so then they'll have that happening as well. And since they're so focused on creating these online things, like these online communities that go for years, they're just printing money at this point. Not that they weren't beforehand, but they're just finding another way to do it again. Because we all know Red Dead Redemption Online, because they said they've learned so much from GTA Online, Red Dead Redemption Online is just going to be GTA Online, I'm sure, like almost without question. And then GTA 6 will be the same thing, an improvement on that. And pretty soon, like they're just going to have this whole ecosystem of games that do that. And it's going to be ridiculous. It's smart, don't get me wrong. And the thing is, I don't want to say, they're not ripping us off, I don't think, by doing that, because I think that they provide a ridiculous amount of value for what you're paying for. So I don't even see it as technically a bad business practice, especially because we all know what's happening anyways, and you can just wait. But yeah, that's my two cents on it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, any, any thoughts on this topic, uh, Mr. Lugo? Not really, no, to be honest with you. How about you, Dana? Excited. I'm ready. I got my pimps, my hoes. I'm I'm looking forward to whenever the game comes out. But, you know, I don't have really much to say about this. 
Yeah, like 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 as I said, you know, this is a. Uh, I think this game is, you know, I did see a lot of people was curious. It's like a major news story as soon as they announced this particular listing. Uh, but obviously, yeah, I mean, the focus right now, you know, Rockstar is focused on GTA Online and Red Dead Redemption 2. It really, it, GTA Online right now, because they're still supporting that, um, you know, so it, this is not coming for a long time, you know, and I think, yeah, like I said, we'll definitely talk about it. Once we actually get an announcement, once we actually know what this game is, what it all entails, then we can have a much more of a proper discussion on it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not coming out for quite some time. So that's that. Now, wanted to move on to the next story because I, I must confess that I don't know all the details about this particular story. I'm pretty sure some of you know the details about it, though, because you've been following some of this stuff that has been happening. And of course, I'm talking about the whole situation with Walmart canceling a lot of the people that were pre-ordering Super NES Minis. So um, who would like to shed some more light on this particular topic? Because um, I got details if you want. Because okay, I, I saw some stuff when it was happening live when I was watching a, a live stream and a podcast that was going on. I was actually watching the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show that uh, they were actually talking about that same news. And while they were talking, they, they had posted up about the pre-orders. That, that were going on, or at least, you know, that people were canceling the pre-orders. But basically, uh, Walmart, Walmart seems like they really messed up, or somebody over there really messed up. And I think that not only some pressure probably from Nintendo, but also some of the other retail outlets that were out there that were going to be getting uh, SNES Classic uh, consoles, you know, or at least that were going to open up pre-orders and such, probably went to Nintendo and was like, okay, what the hell? Because I'm pretty sure they weren't having any plans of opening up pre-orders for the SNES Classic as of right now. And it has to do with, one, they don't know how much product they're going to get because, remember, they have a shortage of a lot of stuff. That's what happened with the NES Classic, the Mini, because a lot of the parts that they're getting are from the same types of factories and the same type of stuff that Apple also uses. So it's created a shortage here and there. You see the same thing I think people have talked about going on with the Nintendo Switch. But... With Walmart, I don't know what it is exactly. I don't think anybody knows or it hasn't really come out. They haven't really talked about that per se. But they ended up canceling most, if not all, of the pre-orders that were done within that short time frame not too long ago. Uh, because it simply put, they, they just weren't allowed or they weren't supposed to have those pre-orders open yet. Uh, I don't think that there was any official announcement about the pre-orders happening You know, from a variety of different outlets. I'm pretty sure that Nintendo was going to make that very open and clear to everybody when that was going to go down. And I think they've been waiting because they want to get an idea of like how much stock they're going to need or how much of the demand is going to be. And if anything, this showed that people really want this thing and people really want to be able to buy it. And it sucks because the majority of them are not going to be able to do so. And the majority of them that were able to get a pre-order uh, had a cancel on them. And that sucks. So... I don't know. I think that, you know, Walmart at some point will probably come out with an apology like like they have at some point with uh, the emails they've been sending to a lot of people. And uh, hopefully Nintendo kind of, you know, is a little bit more open with us about what was going down or at least what's happening with this console because they need to make a lot of these systems. People want this. People wanted the NES Mini and they weren't able to get it. People really want the SNES Mini because of the unreleased Star Fox 2 and all the other games that are coming with it because this looks like it's going to be a really good, uh, what is it, retro console for a lot of people. And it's going to cause quite a stir. So people want to buy this thing. And I think they should be honest about it. I think they, they should come up with a better game plan. Hopefully there's some discussions happening now that we just don't know about. 
uh, and they're able to at least get enough product out there for everybody to at least walk into a store and buy this thing because it's a shame. It's a real shame that people want to spend their money and Nintendo's not able to accommodate them. Well, uh, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out how is Nintendo figuring that they're going to create this device and then also also improve the uh, Switch stock as well. It seems like they have a lot of different things they're trying to do at the same time. Um, and I don't really understand how that's going to work out in the end. Obviously, I, I, now I, thought, I thought they did say that their intent was to make sure that they are not going to be selling the, the mini, you know, no more uh, SNES minis, at, you know, once this fall is, is over. So in 2018, they won't be selling that anymore. Um, but I don't really know what their plans are for any of this stuff. I do know that the Walmart situation is, is pretty horrible, especially if people were already pre-ordered. Um, and then having that news where, well, no, you're not going to be able to get this. Uh, that's not good. Um, but hopefully some, something does happen with this situation. Uh, Max, uh, I think you was going to say something. You had a little bit of technical difficulty. So what are your thoughts on this particular situation? <laughs> well, uh, obviously it sucks that everyone's pre-orders got screwed up and that they're going to have to redo that sort of thing. And that's, uh, that really, really sucks because we all know there's going to be a rush for that. But at the same time, I feel like this, uh, we were saying it in the chat a little bit, and I think JJ touched on it a little, just this classic console kind of craze is getting kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Like, I get it. They're really cool to have, but the way that Nintendo has been uh, manufacturing these things and releasing them in such limited quality quantities is pretty ridiculous like it's the biggest contributor to all this kind of ridiculous stuff like people are flipping out about this because there's a very high chance they're not going to be able to get one at all unless they pay like triple from scalpers and stuff which is ridiculous and that could easily be avoided if nintendo didn't do like these limited run things or if they if they end up doing a limited run with this one of course but i feel like they're going to and just create this artificial demand it's kind of eh it's kind of annoying at the end of the day, in my opinion, because there's no reason for it. You know, like these are really cool things to have and they should be available to everyone without them having to jump through these ridiculous hoops just to get them. I just find it kind of annoying that this is the way this market, this is what these classic consoles have turned into. It's something like that. And I don't know. It's just not my thing. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the artificial demand because I, I have a feeling that we may be getting into that topic uh, when we get into this uh, the main topic of the show in regards to the Xbox One X because some of that may also happen for the Microsoft. But um, yeah, it's just a, you know not really a good situation. Hopefully, Nintendo does something to rectify this all, all of this, but uh, we have to see how they handle it. Dana, you have any thoughts on the uh, SNES Mini issues with Walmart? I think it's a very frustrating and a very unfortunate thing. And it's terrible to have, you know, that happen to you. I hope it all rectifies itself later on. And that was previously said, they need to stop limiting these. They need to extend it and they need to just, you know, people want to buy it. There's a demand for it. And I understand that, you know, you're, you're, you want something out there. And you want to make sure that the, the fans actually want it. But at the same time, you end up losing profit by having these people like the scalp, 
the scalpers coming in and basically they can easily buy up everything and then resell everything at these ridiculous prices. And now that it's being, their orders are being canceled, that just basically allows people to go back to the scalpers. So figure this out. I agree. I agree. So, so Gary, uh, do you have any thoughts? I mean, I believe that uh, you was was considering getting this uh, system, but uh, <laughs> you have any thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I definitely wasn't considering getting it because, like, I'm a very like stubborn type of consumer, and you know, I'm not gonna go and rush out and try and buy this console just because it's gonna be in you know high demand and there's gonna be limited stock for everyone and stuff like that i mean it's something that would be cool to have but i don't want it that much to go through you know all that headache and stuff and there was like um shouts to my friend cole and you know he 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 works with the coalition as well but like there was um there was a moment where um they uh they actually had stock at uh, this store called argos that's popular in the uk and, you know, it was listed on the website and everything. And they were taking a lot of pre-orders, like to the point it seemed suspect a little bit because, you know, um, game originally had pre-orders, but those sold out pretty quickly. And then, you know, people were having trouble trying to get one and, you know, secure their pre-order and stuff. And then all of a sudden Argos pops up and they start taking pre-orders. And, you know, obviously they're getting like hundreds and thousands of people pre-ordering. And, you know, it just seems suspect because it's like, are you really going to be able to fulfill all of those pre-orders? Like, because we know how limited, you know, um, the console is going to be. So, you know, at the moment, my friend Carl, who's actually in the chat right now, um, he has, you know, some consoles pre-ordered and stuff. So I'm hoping that everything goes okay and he gets all those consoles and that he gives me one, you know, because we are friends. So, you know, Um, but yeah. We'll see, see what happens. I just hope that everybody who did, you know, successfully pre-order actually gets one at this point in time. And it's a shame what happened with the Walmart thing. But I heard that they they are going to um, put up a new batch of uh, pre-orders and that, you know, they listed it early or something. So, you know, maybe people will get another chance to, to get the console again. But it's just a shame that, you know, that happened the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we'll see what Nintendo does if they, you know, how they decide to address this issue moving forward. As I think, you know, right now, I think that the demand for the Switch is the priority because they have these games coming out, you know, later this year. You have the Mario Rabbids game coming out in August. You have Splatoon, which just came out this month. So I think they definitely need to get more Switches in stock across the board. Um, but this this situation, they have to address it also because this is also coming out, supposed, supposed to be out this holiday season. So we'll see how they decide to tackle the situation. But uh, any final thoughts before we move on to our main discussion for today? I'm good. Cool. All right. So let's go ahead and let's get into the main topic. Let me just say right now, because there may be some people that may be watching this either now or later, and they'll be wondering, well, this this question poses the main topic is is pretty ridiculous because they are, we already know the answer to this question. Well, I do agree. Yes, uh, the main topic of, you know, 
We already know that Nintendo has sold 5 million Switch consoles. I know this because it, it is still hard to find Switches, you know, depending on where you look. Um, but we asked the question of, is, the, is that a surprise? Uh, we'll answer that question. And we also asked the question of whether or not this is going to sell better than the Xbox One X. Now, obviously, this system has already been out. Uh, it's been out since March. The Xbox One X is not coming out to November. So I, I think it's safe to say, as long as Nintendo keeps consoles in stock, yeah, it's it definitely is going to continue to outsell the Xbox One X. I mean, I think that's that's pretty obvious. But um, the question of are we surprised with the five million in sales? Let's tackle that first. Are you guys surprised? Um, and Max, how about you go first and let, and let us know what are your thoughts on the five million sales for the Nintendo Switch so far? I can't say I'm surprised at all. Um, since the the reception of the console has been very, very positive since it came out. I know that when it was announced, people were kind of hesitant. And then there was that small hiccup of the left Joy-Con kind of having issues. I don't think that's still a thing because I haven't heard about that in a long time. And I honestly completely forgot about it. But I know people are saying there aren't a lot of games on it, but the few games that are on it are pretty killer right now, especially now that Splatoon 2 is out and people are loving that. But the thing is, I'm not surprised and I, I expect it to only go like crazy up as more and more of these games come out because there are those people that you know they jumped on for zelda knowing that mario was coming later and they were perfectly fine waiting to get these other games you know because they still get to play zelda and then there are those people who are waiting for mario to come out and then they'll pick up mario splatoon and zelda all at the same time you know i know quite a few people that have recently picked up switches because now they feel that it's at kind of the perfect time it's right before the big holiday season and it may be harder to find them so they picked them up like for splatoon 2 and maybe arms and then of course zelda you know everyone's getting zelda that gets a switch so it's really not surprising to me at all like nintendo was pretty smart about the way they they marketed this console and honestly i think it's smart the way they're working with games because they knew that their first party games are going to be kind of spread out but they have so much indie support especially as we learned last week um, with Andrew, I think his name was, from Prospect Games. Um, he was saying that they have huge support for indie developers, which is great, and they're really easy to work with, which is awesome, and we know that hasn't always been the case for Nintendo. So the fact that they have that, and that they have their killer first-party title coming, especially something like the Mario Rabbids game, you know, they're getting really unique with their titles like that, and we all know Odyssey looks killer. You know, they have Pokemon coming, they have Metroid. Their E3 show just built all the hype. You know, so people are, they're ready. You know, they know that the Switch is going to have stuff for them, whether they get it now or later. And some of them are just choosing to get it now. Like these sales are just going to keep rising exponentially. Absolutely. And let me just make one point real quick to piggyback off of what you said. Yeah, that, that E3 show that they had, I know there was some people that criticized the fact that, you know, you announced that Metroid is coming. You announced that the, uh, you know, the Pokemon game is coming, but these were just the uh, announcements. You didn't see anything. But uh, to me, it, honestly, still, I thought that that Nintendo show was fantastic because that to me sold, that sold a lot of things to me right there. That, that told me, I already knew that Splatoon was coming. We knew ARMS, but then all these other games, you know, Mario. And I figured Mario was a game that's coming out in November, but the release date is uh, like October 27th. So that, the Mario Rabbits game, Odyssey in October, 
Um, you have a Fire Emblems game also coming out. I mean, there's a lot of things that were coming out to the device that I didn't know about. So I definitely would agree with you when you said that E3 show was killer for them. Um, and that did convince a lot of people, such as myself, that the Switch is you absolutely need to get a Switch. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll just say I'm not really surprised with the sales. Yes, this is a new hardware. I know a lot of people was looking forward to what this device was going to be. We did question the software because in the very beginning, we only knew about Zelda. But I'm not really too surprised with the sales. I, I mean, I'm happy to see it. Glad to see it. Just very curious to see what their plans are beyond Odyssey. Like you said, Pokemon will be out next year. And, and so is, uh, you know, Metroid. But uh, we have to see um, what their plans are beyond that because there's still a lot of other titles that we can assume are going to come, but we still have to see what how Nintendo and you know whether or not they, those titles actually do come out next year. Maybe there will maybe maybe some that get delayed into 2019. But very curious to see what happens with the device moving forward. But uh, yes, uh, Mr. Lugo, do you have any thoughts on the Switch sales? Yeah, uh, a couple of different things. Uh, one, I'm kind of surprised that there's so, so much this is so damn hard to find one because I'm, I'm looking into finding, finding a Switch for myself sometime soon. <clears throat> the other thing, too, is, is that I, I'm also kind of not surprised because there's been a lot of good word of mouth about the Nintendo Switch. Despite all the things that everybody, ourselves included, have complained about the Switch, including not just the left Joy-Con problems from a while back, which have died down because of the patches, or at least the patch, I should say, that they released uh what is it on their online infrastructure but also speaking of online infrastructure the online component stuff with the with the smartphone app because that's a whole other thing that's come out like i want to say about maybe a couple weeks ago or at least that has been lingering around here and there especially for people that want to play games like splatoon online for the other people that have voice chat but regardless though there are things to play on the switch right now and there's even more good things coming over the horizon that are coming very soon that's the key thing about that is that what we got when we were at E3, not just during their presentation, but from what we saw on the floor. We have games like Super Mario Odyssey coming out in a little over two months. It's coming out in October, I believe it is, right? Or Yeah, it's about October and over. Yeah, October, I'm hoping I got the dates right. But also, we just had Splatoon 2 come out just not too long ago. A lot of people are looking forward to Splatoon 2. That has a really big audience, and I didn't realize how big it was until I saw it both at E3 and saw the reaction with everybody online. Uh, the other thing is, too, and you really want to get an idea of like how much people are enthusiastic about the Switch. Shoot, Ultra Street Fighter 2 is probably the biggest cash grab on the console, or probably the biggest cash grab in recent memory, because it's an old game that's repackaged, and it's pulled from uh, the HD re-release that was on the Xbox 360 and PS3, given a couple little bit of uh, little things of extra content and online play, and it sold for $40 for almost full retail price, you know, give or take. And people bought it, and people have been playing it, and it's been been doing pretty decent. The point is, is that people want, or at least want to engage with that on-the-go type of experience that was so advertised uh, really heavily with the Nintendo Switch, including stuff like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is a Game of the Year contender, hands down. You know, there, there, there's a lot of games like that on the Switch or just out there for people to engage with and really kind of get a lot of quality experiences out there, especially for people that travel. I mean, this is the reason why Switches are selling, and and that's a great thing for Nintendo. Granted, there's still games coming out on the 3DS that people have questioned why they're not coming to the Switch, but I think that there's other reasons and other stuff that we just don't know about or understand just yet about the console that are probably going to be made more clear as we get past like Tokyo Game Show and into next year as we go through probably the first year of the Switch. After March, April, when we start getting into the June time for, for E3 2018, we'll have a better idea about where the Switch is at. And as far as 
the the switch sales being a little bit better than the xbox one x you have to understand the xbox one x is a luxury console it's a luxury system because for the most part the people that are interested in that either already own an xbox one s already or at least an xbox one at some point and the majority of those people are probably not going to pick up a second xbox because not only is it going to be very pricey but also a lot of people from what my understanding both on social media and for people that we talked to and i talked to personally at e3 while we were there it doesn't seem like there's enough justification just yet to make that upgrade for people that own an xbox one at least with the switch you can understand that it's a different way to play games it's a different type of experience that you're not getting on either the xbox one or the playstation 4 or ps4 pro and xbox one x at this point it's a it's a different way of approaching uh the experience of playing games and that's why that console is selling so well on top of the promise of other bigger first party experiences that are coming down the line i don't think you have that with the xbox one x yet i think it's going to sell don't get me wrong i think it will sell amongst that crowd and i think that we'll get a better understanding of that after the new year once we get into 2018 when you start to see sales over a couple months and see how that console does because right now we're ever since march we've had i want to say we've had about march april may uh june july we're going into august so about almost 6 months that the switch has been on the market it's been doing successfully phenomenally well for what it is for a new console i don't think we're really going to get that same level of comparison and if anything we're going to see the switch do even better as we start to get in towards the holiday season as more of these bigger games start to come out especially after october when a lot more crazier games are dropping like mario odyssey like rabbit mario and rabbits etc so overall i think it's kind of a mute question to be honest with you i don't think it's even a fair comparison and i think that uh, at that point, you know, if you're really considering that like the Xbox One X is really going to make a huge impact that it's going to shatter that 5 million sales, you know, within its first like month or two, I, I think it's very unrealistic at this point. And especially not understanding that that console isn't isn't a necessity right now. The Xbox One X, I don't feel is a necessity. It feels like the Nintendo Switch, the way that it's been presented, the way that it's showing uh, the way that the games are played, both at home and on the go, and the way that people are talking about it, makes it feel like a necessity for a lot of people. That's why you got 5 million sales. Yeah, very good points all across the board. Yeah, I could not say it better myself. Um, Dana, you have any thoughts? <laughs> No, basically everything that was was said. I'm not surprised by any of this. You can't find a console anywhere. And if you do, it's like $600. Good luck with that. I'm broke. I don't have that amount of money. So clearly it's been selling. It's been doing very well. And, in, you know, and rightfully so. You have these games that are out there that are amazing. You have these graphics. You have everything with all these different contents. And so I think it's just, I'm not surprised. It's good for them. Oh, yeah. It's definitely good for Nintendo. They just need to make sure that they can keep up with creating the systems so you can meet the demand. Because still a lot of people want the system. So, we'll see. Maybe that's the beauty behind their sales, is that keeping keeping the the, the thing low. Oh, well. Hey, yeah. Hey, listen. That's that's, that's very, 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 very possible. Um, Just don't screw it up come around, you know, the holiday season. Oh no, no! They they absolutely cannot know, and especially my 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 my, my thing is this: I definitely expect that console to be everywhere by the time the Odyssey comes out because that is the title that people will buy that system for. Um, yep. it has to be out. It, it, it should be. It, it should be so easy that even Stevie Wonder could find a Nintendo Switch if he wanted to get a Switch. That's how many places that system needs to be out by that time. 
Uh, but uh, we'll I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I'm I'll, I'll be surprised if it's if it's not. But I'm I'm pretty sure it will be because they they did have some out for Splatoon too, um, at a, a couple places. So we'll see. Uh, Gary, what are your thoughts now? Because I know you haven't really had a chance to really give your thoughts quite yet. Okay, so as for um, am I surprised now? Um, to like when I think back to how I thought about the Switch, you know, earlier this year before it was released and everything, I definitely did not expect it to do well. Like based on the information we had on the system and what we knew of it, you know, and everything, like I, I really wasn't expecting it. I was one of those people who thought, look, like they don't have, um, they don't have third party support. And, um, you know, this is this system looks kind of gimmicky. And although I want them to do well, I'm not sure they will because of what happened with the Wii U and everything. But now, you know, looking at the last um, six months or so and how they've kind of um, handled the Switch since it's been out and, you know, um, how they've supported it, the game, the quality of the games that have, has come out for it and everything. I'm I'm not surprised now because they've been doing a great job, I think. And, you know, at E3, I think they had a good showing too. And um, there's a lot of good stuff coming. We already know there's a Pokemon game coming. There's lots of cool, like, anime, JRPG-looking stuff coming that I'm interested in. So I probably will actually get a Switch, you know. Um, not this year, but next year, I'll probably get one. Um, and I feel like, you know, at the moment, it's a great console to have. Um, you know, there seems to be a lot of um, quality stuff coming out for it. So now I'm not surprised. And, you know, I have to give Nintendo a lot of props for um, how they've been supporting the system. Now, in terms of... Um, the xbox one x now when i think of this uh discussion i'm thinking like you know a year from now i'm not i'm not saying like i'm not thinking of it along the lines of by the end of this year because if we judge it by the end of this year it's not even fair you know because switch has that lead and you know I, i just like i don't see xbox one x being able to sell five million in like three months or something so it's you know it's not even fair if you think of it in terms of this year so i'm I'm thinking in terms of if you look at you know next year the end of 2018 which console will be the most successful at that point and i uh well you could make an argument like you know let's not rule out the xbox one x first of all because 4k gaming may become more of a regular thing um 4k tv prices may come down it may become more standard and once people see the level of quality of you know the 4k games people might you know they might be more interested in getting an xbox one x you know if they announce a lot of cool games and high quality games but will that happen though um i don't think it's realistic because you know looking at what microsoft has now and the showing they had at e3 um, I just don't feel there's enough of a reason at this moment for people to want to buy an Xbox One X. But, you know, I could be wrong. It was just like the Switch. You know, I didn't think the Switch was going to do this well. So you never know what's going to happen. So I wouldn't rule out the Xbox One X at all. But I will say that Nintendo has the better momentum than Microsoft right now. And I feel like that's a big deal because... It's something we didn't expect. Uh, I definitely didn't expect, you know, Nintendo to make a, a comeback like this. 
to where they have more momentum um, and are in a better position than Microsoft. So, yeah, uh, definitely a lot of kudos to to Nintendo on that. But I I still wouldn't rule out the Xbox One X completely. But yeah, right now it looks more realistic that Nintendo is gonna you know hold second place. Uh oh, hold second place, Nintendo. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I can, I can see that happening. Like you know, Mario is going to be a big deal. Pokemon's going to be a big deal. You know, I think that I, those numbers, are, those numbers I, are going to continue to rise. I think. I, yeah, oh, oh, I agree. Go ahead. Oh, oh, Max, what, what else was you going to say? I was just going to say I agree. That's oh. like I agree one hundred percent. I think there's um, more to it than that, though. To be honest with you, because some of those games, like Pokemon, or at least the Pokemon Switch game and Metroid Prime Four, those aren't coming anytime soon. Like, I don't even think you could expect those in 2018. Because, funny enough, a report came out on a couple different websites that there was a, some sort of investor call with Nintendo execs, and they were talking about how the thing uh, what was it. I think it was Metroid Prime Four uh, was not to be expected in 2018, and a lot of places were publishing it, publishing the story. Like, there was expectations there from everybody else that the game would be ready for like next year, and I don't think that's the case. I think that there's there's games coming out within the the was it that towards the end of the year into next year which we're, we're probably gonna get we'll probably hear more at next year's E3 but I think that there's more of a long game with the Nintendo Switch and I think that's why a lot of people are jumping into it now because at least there's a promise that those things are coming and it seems like people were excited about it despite some of the criticisms for stuff like Metro Prime 4 at least we're getting it I mean, we've gotten, we've we've had stuff like that where we've asked for it for such a long time, and at least there's confirmation that they're already working on it. At least for some people, that'll bring them some comfort, or at least they'll be comfortable enough diving into that platform like that. I agree. Uh, I just was going to say, uh, as a response to what Gary said, a lot of great points made, but I, I will say this, uh, in terms of next year, if there are any people that actually still don't have it for some reason, which I don't really think, you know, but I could be wrong. I think that Sony is is going to be the they're, they're going to be the, the big the big dog once again next year because of all the titles they have coming out. You got Spider-Man, you got Detroit, you have Days Gone, I'm assuming, even though we don't have a release date yet. And you also have God of War. So Sony definitely be number one next year. And then a- after that, you know. Between Nintendo and, and Xbox One X, I still say Nintendo. I, I mean, I, we don't really know what's going to happen with these other titles, whether or not they actually are going to make 2018. But I say Nintendo po- possibly is still in a better position than Microsoft because, again, like you all, most of you have already said, Microsoft they didn't really show me anything at E3 that convinced me I need to get an Xbox One X. Uh, I looked at Crackdown Three and instantly I thought to myself. Man, I can't wait to play Ages of Mayhem because I don't care about Crackdown 3. So, um, I mean, we'll have to see how that pans out. You know, obviously, I think with the Xbox One X, their whole thing is that they're going to emphasize that the third-party titles are better on that system. Uh, But as for the exclusives, that's up in the air until Microsoft actually shows us that they are making an effort to improve the first-party lineup, which I haven't really seen yet. But, um... We'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be a fun times. But uh, as for Nintendo Switch, very glad to, to see that it is is selling well. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what other titles they have planned further down the line. Of course, they have a lot of great content that's already out now. They have titles that are coming out within the next couple of months. So very curious to see what they do in 2018 and beyond. But uh, yeah. 
Any final thoughts on this topic before we uh, wrap up the show? Um, I was actually going to bring up a little segue uh, if we're... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, because they brought it up in the chat a little bit, saying that um, uh, Victor Alistain was saying, if if Microsoft markets the console well, they will outsell everything. And I'm here thinking that they're marketing it just, like, they're marketing it fine, like it could be better, but I think they're doing a fine job. I don't think I have any confusion around the console or anything like that, but... Then Victor and Barry Mihalo are both saying that they they think there's more confusion over the Xbox One X right now. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that you have a pretty good understanding about what the Xbox One is and what like their goals are with it and, and everything like that? Or do you think it's still pretty shady or that you're sure? I don't even think they fully realized it yet because a lot, remember a lot of that stuff has changed over the years since they've really even from when the for Xbox One uh, first came out. And I think that also with the Xbox One X, you could say a little bit of the same thing. They've gotten better about it. Don't get me wrong. I think that they refocused a lot of their efforts onto making sure that you know people understand that there's a lot of quality games out there. A lot of it also has to do with the lack of exclusives, and, and people are starting to lose a little bit of faith with the way that some of the exclusives have either dropped out or there's a lot of like you know asterisk next to them. Uh, as far as like the marketing of the console itself, I, I think you could have the greatest marketing in the world and actually have that stuff out there. Well, really what the judgment, or at least the final judgment is, is when people get into it to, into their hands and word of mouth starts to spread. Because obviously marketing is going to be marketing, PR press releases are going to be press releases. The company is going to say what it's going to say to get people to buy the consoles. But really it's the people that actually have them that aren't, again, aren't the employees that have it in their hands that are actually going through it. And even the media to an extent that are really going to kind of get the real information out there. So the, the problem is though, I feel like, Again, the Xbox One X is a luxury console. They haven't really convinced me or anybody else that you need to own this console. Or what is the legit reason why you want to own an Xbox One X? Other than the fact that they say it's the most powerful console made. Because, again, that's that could be very hyperbolic. But also, regardless of the power that it has, even if it is the most powerful console ever made, what are the games I'm going to be playing on it? And why are these games more special than what's out on the market right now? I don't feel like they've clearly answered that, despite showing Crackdown 3, despite showing all the other... 50-something games that they had, which is like a lot less than that because some of them are either just indies that are like real quick games that are just being put out there that don't take advantage of that pure power that, they're, that they've been touting out about. But also some of the other stuff that, again, is very unclear, like games like Anthem, which to me, Anthem looks like the game that might be the reason to own an Xbox One X, but it wasn't really even really clearly conveyed like that, despite it looking nice and stuff. At least that's the general thought process behind a lot of people with when it comes to the Xbox One X. And again, it, it's a multifaceted and more complicated issue. It's all over the place. But overall, I feel like right now, at least in this current point in time, they haven't answered those questions. And it hasn't really set them up for at least to be, you know, up to that point where a lot of people feel like they need to be. Yeah, I agree with that pretty on point. That's that's kind of my thing around it as well, is that they've set up the console for us. I think that we have a decent idea of what it's going to be, but you're right. The issue is that they haven't given us a reason for it. And I think part of it is that they don't necessarily have a reason for it. Like their Phil's reasoning is like, oh, it's the best place to play like third party games, which to be fair is probably true, but that's not enough for anyone. And I feel like it's enough for some people, but it's not enough to make the console a success in my opinion. Like that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it as well is that, I mean, we know what it's coming for. And I think that it's not that they haven't answered those questions is that there is no answer to those questions or that the answer is that they just don't have anything. Maybe that wasn't their goal with it. I don't really know. 
I I have a comment to make, but I I, I want to see Gary. Did you have something you wanted to say, uh, or Dana? Did you have anything that you wanted to add first? Yeah, um, I definitely feel like their messaging has been mixed because I do remember when um at first they were saying that you know the the Xbox um, One X. Yeah, before E3 and everything, they were saying that, you know, this is just going to be a secondary option for people who want it, you know, it's just a secondary high-end option, and, you know, it, people don't have to buy it and stuff like that, you know, that was kind of their message, but since E3, um, it feels like that message is a lot different, and that they actually want to push this, like, they don't want it to be their secondary system, like, they want it, they want people to actually go out and buy it. Like, you know, like it's like the new Xbox is really coming out and stuff. So um, I, I definitely feel like the message is mixed and that, you know, um, it's the, the message, whatever it is, isn't being translated well to consumers and, you know, potential customers and everything. Um, so, yeah, a lot of work needs to be done on that, you know, because people still don't know why it's coming out. I have a friend who's an Xbox owner and he, you know, I was actually talking to him yesterday and he didn't even know it was coming out and stuff like, you know, and he's like, how comes? I mean, like they just released the Xbox One S like, cause that's literally the system he bought. You know, he bought the Xbox One S, um, at the end of last year. So it's like for him is, you know, he's baffled on why there's now another model coming out. So yeah, they definitely do have to work on their messaging. Um, if they want this thing to sell but you know as i said earlier i'm still not ruling out you know the, the system actually being a success in the long run because we don't know what might change what announcements might come out or whatever but the way it's looking now it it you know it's not looking good in my opinion for, for microsoft but um go ahead dana yeah with that concept alone didn't they just kind of shot them they say shot themselves in the foot prematurely by saying, oh, you know, you don't really have to get this. My whole thing would be, even if it's not something that you really should jump out and get, if I'm trying to sell you something and I want that money, go out and get, I'm going to promote it as this is something that you need. And I'm going to promote it with a sense of urgency. But, but by them doing that, it sent a lot of different mixed signals. And how you already said that there was the Xbox One S and, and people are already, you know, they bought that and they look up and they have this console and I'm kind of confused as to what the whole purpose was of it as well. And their marketing team seems to be confused as well. There's really no communication and I'm really seeing it selling, you know, as strongly as it could have if they had a driven focus. Yeah. Uh, I okay. Let me let me start off by saying Mr. Lugo had to jump out for a second because he's actually about to conduct another interview. So stay tuned for more on that later. But I just want to say I, I agree with all the points that that all of you made about this regards to the marketing. Uh, I do believe that Microsoft is uh, you know when they made that initial message where they said it's not for everybody. Yeah, that definitely set them up for these type of issues. But I, one thing I did want to address, and this, this is tied to the same topic, the whole thing about what is the system for, who is it for, is a very valid question because I've seen a lot of articles pop up online, the most recent article about Killing Floor 2, a game that is coming to Xbox One X and it only reaches about 1800p on the console. So the thing is, is that a lot of these games... Some of them are not going to hit 4K, even, you know, the whole fake 4K thing. 
which raises the question of, well, why is this, what is this console's purpose? You know, what is the difference between this and the S where we know the S, it doesn't reach 4K either. But if it's not going to be that much of an improvement, then why don't I just get the Xbox One S instead? So I feel like those these issues with Microsoft, they're going to continue because you're going to see more articles come out about, well, this game is supposed to be native 4K and it's not. And not, not every game is going to reach that. So um, it really does pose the question of, well, what is this console for? Why would they say it's 4K native when every game is not 4K on it? So very confusing messaging. And, you know, I know they haven't opened pre-orders yet. Uh, I know that Phil Spencer said that they are planning to do that soon. Uh, in I don't know, maybe around Gamescom time, because that's in August. Who knows? But I just think... Um, there will be a lot of people that will pick it up because they are Xbox fans. You know, they are loyal to the brand. They think the console has potential, even though the first party lineup is just not there yet. As I said before, Crackdown 3, I'm not sold on that game. And even games like Sea of Thieves and State of Decay, these games to me don't look like a reason why I need to pick up an Xbox One X when I can just pick them up on the regular Xbox One or the S. It just doesn't make any sense. So I feel like they have a long ways to go with the messaging. Um, I will give them credit and say the system is a lot smaller than the than the original Xbox and the S, which is great, which is something that is impressive in and of itself. It definitely will be more powerful. And honestly, I think that when Microsoft decided to make the Xbox One, that already should have been a powerful console. So the fact that they failed on that first attempt already was bad. But the fact that they are trying to redeem themselves with this console is admirable. But I just don't really see yet uh, the need to get that because the titles, the titles to me, it's not there. Now, whenever Halo 6 actually gets announced and it actually is coming out, then you can talk about, okay, that will that will definitely move consoles. Um, but until they actually show that they are serious about the first party lineup and they actually have other titles coming out, then I think it's really hard to say that they have made a good case as to why you need to get an Xbox One X, but I, I just don't see it yet. But I, I could be, I could be wrong. You know, there's some people that they saw, uh, you know, State of Decay. They saw Sea of Thieves. They're like, man, I'm been picking up this console day one. Um, but me, nah, man. I, because I see that, but then I also see the fact that they've already had games like Rise, Son of Rome. You had another game, Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive was an awesome game, but then when I hear that. Well, we don't really know about a sequel. And then Quantum Break, an okay game, but where's Alan Wake? Oh, we don't really know about that type of stuff. Well, we don't want them to really work on that type of stuff. We, 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 we want Remedy to work on Quantum Break. When I hear stuff like that, it, that tells me that, well, I don't really think they're really too serious about the first party lineup, at least not, not at the moment. Now, they have stuff that they're going to announce later. That's good. But for now, you have to look at them at face value and say they're not on board with the first party lineup. Uh, they have a lot of work to do in that department. So until they actually get that stuff done, the value thing is always going to be questionable unless you don't care about exclusives. All you want is a third-party games, then go ahead and pick up that system if you can afford it. But I think that the messaging is going to get a lot worse with this type of stuff. And maybe they'll have a good presentation at Gamescom. Who knows? But I guess we just have to wait and see how it all pans out. But... Uh, that was some thoughts that I had on it because very, very good insight. And I'm very thankful for the uh, people in the chat that came up with that topic because that's very good discussion. Um, 
but uh <laughs> and and also as it was previously someone said that um it we're too critical and i i think that i don't think that we are well well, well, well let me what of this yes we're gamers and we're excited we should be excited for every console but at the same time we don't exactly know what the whole marketing is so while you may have an Xbox One S, you have to kind of convince me, even though I'm excited that you're doing well and you want to promote something and you have this new console out, convince me as to why I'm buying it. And that's what I think was the big letdown for me. Yes, I'm excited. There's a new console, but why? Why should I go out? And I think that that what should be done with every single console from whomever. Maybe Microsoft, Sony, Xbox, I don't know, Atari, anyone, that's what you have to do, is co- convince the people. So I don't think we're being too critical. I just think we just need to understand what the purpose is for. And as it was previously said, stated before, to me, I felt like this is for, I originally thought, you know, hardcore gamers. Or you could even sell it as because it's so small and so light, you can now bring it over and share with friends. Then you can travel with it. I mean, it's really hard to lug, uh, you know, the previous, the other Xboxes, Xbox One and even the Xbox um, One S, because they were heavy. Now this is more transportable and, you know, you can do more. But but the thing is, even if you wanted to just say, oh, you can have 4K televisions or something, some form of marketing. But the thing is, is that they really didn't stick to one thing and they didn't really have a strategy. Yeah. No, I know. I, I agree 100% with that. And I, I just also wanted to address the comment that said that we're being too critical. I mean, I listen, I, I don't think it's possible for anybody to go through their life and just say everything is perfect. When something happens, oh, this is just this is just it just doesn't matter. There's going to be some things that you look at in life and you're like, well, I didn't like it. If I see a film that I don't like, I'm not going to say the film is amazing if I know that it has issues with it. I mean, you have to be keep it real about certain stuff. Like, like, like we spoke about earlier on the show. We talked about Walmart canceling the, the Super NES minis. Is that a positive thing that we should say? Oh, this is a great thing that they did that. No, of course not. You have to. You have, there has to be some type of criticisms to some of this stuff. I mean, you can't act like everything is perfect because right. no, nothing is perfect right. in this world. But, but to, I feel to, like criticism also helps the companies as well. Yes, yes, and, and and again, as a gamer, also, I feel I feel as though it is our point to when we see something that we don't like, we have to be critical because if you're not critical, the people working on this stuff, they're going to be like, oh well, if just like let's say for example, you have a company that charges a lot for DLC for you know season pass, if you're not ever critical about that stuff, they will just continue to put out that DLC, and it may it may not be up to the quality that anybody wants, but. If you never voice your concerns, you will not see any changes happen. That's the whole point. Like, I'm pretty sure that, you know, we know that the Switch, a lot of people have said some complaints about how Nintendo is doing the online thing now with the app. Pretty sure Nintendo is going to try to look at that and see how they can improve that because the criticism, but it depends on how bad that gets. If people are actually talking about it, whether they just don't address it at all. But again... I, I think it's totally fair to be critical. Now, to stay on topic of the Xbox One S, I agree 100% with what Dana said about the fact that they didn't really make it clear what this device was for. Look at the Nintendo Switch. You saw that they were selling the whole idea of you playing on this anywhere you can go. 
that right there is a valid valid point to, to pursue you see what where is the value with the console you can play it at home or you can play it on the go with the xbox one x i don't know anything besides it's it's supposedly more powerful and it's smaller than the s that's it we haven't really seen that much from that you look at the games we saw at the conference we know forza that runs native 4k and that's it that's all we know but we know that every game isn't running at native 4k because we've seen all of the reports coming out about the games that are coming out to the system and the fact that they're not hitting the targets so i say microsoft has to work on that they have to make it more clear as to what this system is for you can say it's for someone who only wants third-party games that's fine but we need to see more of that if that's the case we haven't really seen too much of that yet in my opinion we saw that shadow of war is coming this is going to be 4k we know wolfenstein that's going to be native 4k from what they said good but what else we have to, what else we we need more information still and maybe they will have that information for us at gamescom but we just have to wait and see but I, I mean, again, you know, I personally don't think I'm being too critical. You know, I like, like, like we've said many times on this show, whether it's Sony, Nintendo, or Microsoft, they do something that we think is ridiculous. We, we have to, we're going to be critical about this stuff. I mean, there's no way, you, you can't just think everything is perfect because then you're not being real with yourself at that point. Unless, of course, you don't care about that stuff. But again, this is only just our opinion. So it shouldn't really really take it to heart that much. If uh, you disagree, then we can agree to disagree. That's it. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> but uh, any other thoughts on this topic before we uh, move on? I think you were going to say something, Gary. Uh, no, I wasn't uh, going to say something. You guys pretty much said everything for me. But, you know, I just want to... Um, cap it off by also saying that you can't have a podcast without a discussion so you know I mean we have to <laughs> talk about these things because that's why we're here in the first place so you know and I mean it's just our opinions um, we're not trying that's... to sway consumers in any way and say that you shouldn't buy this or you should buy this you know yep. we're, we're not doing that at all we're just you know um, talking about the, the news that's been presented to us and you know talking about all the information we know and having a discussion about it, you know, then that's all we're doing. I've heard, you know, way worse on on other podcasts. Like there's podcasts that will, um, they they will champion one console specifically, and and mm-hmm. you know, bash all the other consoles, and and you know, make out that you should not buy the other consoles and stuff like that. You know, so I feel like you know the podcasts on the coalition are pretty, you know, fair and um, even in you know. The criticism towards each console so um and platform so well they they they, they, may, they may be some they may disagree with that but you know i don't know i don't know because i i expect that there will be a, a couple comments left by uh, uh one of your favorite favorite friends gary about uh, that particular thing you just said about uh we are not biased but it is what it is uh again if you see something that uh you think deserves some criticism among the three consoles i think you should be allowed to say that you know you don't sit back and say it's everything is great everybody's doing a great job this i mean it's great to be a gamer games are great but if you you play a game and there's something that you don't like about it i mean i think you should be able allowed to say that this is freedom of speech so it's my opinion and what's what's great about our shows is that you know okay there might be like people might hate gary because you know gary um he bashes (laughs) sony too much and, and he loves champions. Final Fantasy 13. He loves Final <laughs> Fantasy and Overwatch. 
you know like people you know you might have an issue with the things i say on the show but there's still you know four or five other people with different opinions on the show so that's why this you know these shows are so great like the, the co-op and the throwdown and everything because you're getting different perspectives on things and it's not biased at all like we, we're we're not all um we, we don't all kind of you know like hammer home the same thing about you know whatever console we love or platform we love and stuff like that so there's varied opinions here so you know you can't just say that you know this show is biased because gary does this there's a whole a whole panel of people on the show so of course you're going to have you know different varying um opinions on stuff and that's what makes the discussions a lot better and yeah. a lot more equal plus yeah as much as we do our best to be objective, and I think we do a good job of that, biases factor into things. There's no, that's just how life is. Like everyone has some sort of a bias to something. Yeah. But w- one final thing I will say, though, is that, you know, whenever we criticize, whether it's Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft, this is because we want them to do better. We just want to emphasize that as gamers, we love all the brands, but, you know, if you have. If I was to say I have a son and he's struggling in something and I'm not helping him, but I'm just telling him, oh, just, you know, you're fine. Just keep get going through life. You know, things will change, whatever. I'm not really helping him. You know, I will give him some advice and then he will have to make his own decision. So, again, everyone has a decision in terms of whether or not they like something. But whenever we criticize something, it's because we wanted to see it improve. That's all it is. It, you know, if we didn't if we didn't do that, then. Then, 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 you know, it'll just be the same. And everybody will just be saying positive things when they, and everything is not necessarily positive. But again, just a matter of opinions. I'm sure there will be some people that will disagree with anything that was said, but it is what it is. It is an opinion show. Again, that's what the discussion was about. So any final thoughts before we wrap up today's show? I'm good. No, I'm good. Okay, cool. So uh, we thank you all for checking out this week's show. Um, I wanted to clarify something real quick. I know that uh, Miguel had asked about the Sonic Mania winner. We're going to announce those winners next week because the giveaway ends tomorrow. So if you still want a chance to win Sonic Mania on the console of your choice, be sure to fill out that form that we have on the website. You know, you still have today and tomorrow to do so. Well, by the time this show gets posted up, uh, that time will be winding down because this is getting posted on the site tomorrow. Um, But definitely feel free to do so. Now, I did want to say one thing because I understand that uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy was a game that was very close in the votes, but it didn't quite get picked. So um, I want to say that, you know, there may still be a giveaway for that in the future, you know, but uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. But I will say that for the most part, I mean, I'm glad Sonic won because, you know, a lot of people are looking forward to Sonic. So two people will be able to get access to that game, you know, when we actually announce the winners next week. So if you did enter into the giveaway, stay tuned. We'll let you know if you won next week. But uh, any final shout outs that you guys would like to give? Uh, Max, how, how about you go first? But yeah, as always, thanks everyone in the chat for participating. You know, we always love talking with you guys. We got some pretty good topics out of y'all today. You know, always, always very good discussion today. Today was a one of the best discussions we've had in a bit. 
that was awesome. So always happy to see you guys there. And then of course, after the show and the comments on the site and on the YouTube uh, video, you know, we always appreciate that and love talking with you guys on there. You know, thanks for tuning in every week. It's always a great time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dana, you have any uh, final words, any shout outs? Shout out to all the, the gaming companies. Even though we're critical, we love you. <laughs> who, despite thinking we're critical, we love you. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. I would like to give a shout out to all of the uh, fans that either watching the show now or later. Thank you for the continued support and for everybody that continues to visit the website. There's plenty of stuff that's going to be coming to the website this week. So make sure that you do stay tuned because a lot of great content is on the way. And uh, Gary, the floor is yours. Cool. So, yeah, of course, I'm going to shout out all of our Patreon supporters. That's M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelowin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez and Miguel. Um, thanks for all of your support we really appreciate it it goes a long way and um, you know we're definitely um, I'm actually um, looking to publish something on you know it's going to be Patreon timed exclusive and that's basically a Q&A with you know me so I want everybody to send me questions on on Twitter you can um, at me or at the coalition Twitter name and um, put the hashtag you can also you don't have to but you can also put the hashtag ask tk and this is kind of like a new um you know q a um show that i kind of want to introduce so just ask me any questions relating to gaming or my perspective on gaming or you know the first game i ever played or you know what's my favorite um uh action game of all time you know whatever the question is just send it to me on twitter or, you know, if you know me on Facebook as well, you can send it like anywhere you find me, you can send the question to me. And, you know, I'm going to um, do a recording where I answer everyone's question. The Patreon people are going to get it first and I will release it on YouTube eventually as well. And then, you know, I hope that my colleagues here will also, you know, do their own in the future. You know, and um, this can be like a new series of, you know, um, it's going to be like the, the Reddit ask me anything, you know. It's going to be that style of thing. So just shoot your questions out to us um, um, on Twitter and Facebook. And then, you know, I'll uh, I'll get answering them at some point this week once I get enough. I've already got a few questions that someone sent me. So um, definitely send your questions. And uh, I also want to shout out everyone who joined us in the chat today and everyone who, you know, there was a lot of good discussions in there. So I want to thank you guys for, you know, sharing all your insight and your opinions on things shouts to carl e banks for joining us you know that's our very good friend um and you know former worker at the coalition as well you know he used to write on site and everything and i do believe he's actually contributing something very soon so you know definitely shouts to him shouts to miguel um i really appreciate you um wanting to send me those overwatch stickers but you don't have to because it's probably going to cost too much to ship that to me so um, but I, I really appreciate, you know, the thought and the sentiment behind that. Um, so thanks, Miguel. And shouts to Blackstar, Bury Me Hollow, and Victor as well. 
Um, we appreciate your opinions. I don't want you to feel like, you know, we're kind of getting at you and getting on your case because of, you know, what you said uh, before. We, you know, we welcome all um, comments and, you know, everything like criticisms towards, you know, the show and everything. Like we welcome all of that. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us with the show today and watching and everything. And I hope you, I hope you guys have a good evening. Peace out. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.